This is Barely Legal. Hey there, I'm Eva Eben. And I'm Barry Sedona. On today's episode of Barely Legal, we're going to be talking about a case called Carson v. Mackin. Um, so, facts of the case, as usual. Um, basics, it was argued December 8th, 2021, decided June 21st, 2022. Um, basically, um, in Maine, they have school administrative units, basically districts, as far as my understanding, yeah. um, to ensure that every student has an access to free public school education. But a lot of those districts don't have public secondary schools available. So they the state pays for one that's either public or an approved private school out of that SAU or school administrative district. Yeah. And so those approved private schools are either approved um, through the New England rankings of schools mm-hmm. or they're ones they will send out someone from the SAU to go ahead and do mm-hmm. a check on the school and see whether or not the curriculum fits the criteria if it's not on that list of schools mm-hmm. that so, are approved. Yeah. So the two criteria for approval per se, mm-hmm. the schools must meet the state's compulsory attendance requirement. Yes. Um, and they must be non-sectarian meaning um, non-religious schools. Yes, <clears throat> which, of course, is in accordance with the First, the First Amendment. Amendment and the along with that, clause. also, um, yeah, with the Establishment mm-hmm. Clause. Mm-hmm. And so with these specific, with these three petitioners, the Carsons, the Gillieses, which I feel like I may have butchered that last name, and the Nelsons, <laughs> they live in Maine. Mm-hmm. They sent their kids to a secondary private school because in the SAU that they live in, they mm-hmm. don't have a secondary school, public school. Mm-hmm. And that school <clears throat> is a religious one. Mm-hmm. And so they asked for funding for them to send mm-hmm. the kids to that school. Yeah. So when the state pays for that like um, alternative school, it's called a tuition assistance program. Mm-hmm. And as we said before, religious schools were previously... Um, ineligible t- for that program. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they wanted to send their kids to a school called Temple. At least Carson wanted to send their kids to um, Temple Academy, I think. Mm-hmm. And it was a religious school, and that was the whole dispute. So they the schools didn't meet that non-sectarian requirement. They sued the uh, commissioner of the Maine Education Department, Macon, um, saying that it should be free and it's discriminatory on the basis of religion. Yes. The district court disagreed with the plaintiffs, which is Carson, Gillesies, and mm-hmm. Nelson's. And um, the appeals court also disagreed. And then the case just made its way up to SCOTUS. Yeah, which is really interesting because, of course, this is not the first case that we've seen with schools and, and religion. religion. Yes. Yeah. Shout out to Kennedy, Kennedy. Bremerton. And, of course, when we, with the decision also, it's something similar that we have seen before Definitely. once again the 6-3 along mm-hmm. ideological lines i feel like every single one we've done so far has been 6-3 has it yeah i think it has, oh, which is that's really, so important. so fun <laughs> it's wild because it's we're not picking the cases that you know way. of course that way mm-hmm. um but it's interesting to see how a majority of these cases have been have been up. you know 6-3 and especially with this case in particular dealing with schools and religion i i you know was not I wasn't entirely sure how the decision would turn out Mm -hmm. especially because 
you know, historically separation of the church and the state has been prioritized. And plus we have, we have a, I would say, for lack of a better word, predictable court, but we do have like members of the court who tend to be outliers every once in a while. So definitely. um, We saw that play out. Yeah. An interesting way. And I, I think it speaks to a bit about you know, honestly, the effect of the polarization, political polarization mm-hmm. within our own country and the way yeah. it's made, I at least I believe, maybe has made its way up to the Supreme Court mm-hmm. of the United States. Yeah. As we have mentioned multiple times, it's supposed to be an independent branch devoid of ideological yes. um, lines. Um, so the decision itself was a 6-3 split in the favor of the plaintiffs. Yes. And they decided that excluding religious schools from the tuition assistance program was discriminatory and a constitutional violation of the free exercise clause of the first amendment mm-hmm. um and that's how it played out and so it was 6-3 the conservative justices gorsuch barrett kavanaugh roberts alito and thomas voted to do that of course and then the yes. three quote-unquote liberal justices kagan sotomayor and Breyer dissented and Sotomayor um, dissented separately, but Breyer wrote the main dissent. Um, um, I think, Sotomayor, you wanted to say some stuff about Sotomayor's Oh, dissent. yeah. Um, her dissent in particular, it was really interesting because she said something per- She said something in specific about how she believes that this court is swallowing up the space between the two religious clauses. And free that, exercise. Yes, free exercise and mm-hmm. the establishment clause. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's saying that five years ago, the decision that they made with Trinity Lutheran Church of Columbia, which is a case that they use for precedent, very similar in the sense that there were, um, it deals with giving money. sort of mm-hmm. money, money yeah. through a private person to a religious group like Mm -hmm. through state-funded like aid Mm -hmm. um to a religious group and they ruled that that was excluding those um yeah so because of the missouri constitution it said that you know you shouldn't combine religion and state yeah. yeah And so they said you can't donate to these religious groups or you can't use that money for religious mm-hmm. groups that funding. And I think we saw that with Espinoza v. Montana Department of Revenue. We're not going to get into the cases themselves, yeah. but essentially they deal with money and the court rules that excluding religious groups or religious schools or churches from um, assistance programs, financial assistance yes. programs, is unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. So I think Sotomayor's point was we keep towing this line of, you know, free exercise is the all-important um, aspect of the First Amendment, as opposed to establishing, establishing. religion yes. is not what we're doing um, from a constitutional basis, okay? mm-hmm. which is interesting. Um, and I think also in with, like, Breyer's dissent as well, since they, they, you know, they, of course, they both dissented and Sotomayor wrote a separate dissent, but also joined in Breyer, Justice Breyer's as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really interesting to me to see how... He brought up, you know, taxpayers are the ones who are going to pay this money. Yeah. And I was listening to the oral arguments and I thought like Breyer's questioning in general was just fascinating because I think he he did say, you know, this is taxpayer money that will thus be devoted to teaching children about specific religious beliefs. Yeah. And he mentioned in the oral arguments um, gay people and the patriarchy. I think he said 
um, he questioned the plaintiff's attorney, Mr. Bindus, I think. Um, he said, in these schools, you will be teaching students that um, it's wrong to be gay or that women are meant to be bossed around by men. He did use those exact words, I think. And he said, how is it okay that taxpayer money is going to be devoted to doing that? Which I thought was a very interesting argument that he made. Um, and I think he mentioned it in his dissent, as you said. Yeah. He also said, "There's we have so many religions in this country and religious beliefs are so sincerely held by people and so um, deeply held that there's inevitably going to be contention and controversy when it comes to this thing because religion and government you know definitely and i think it's really interesting because along with that in um more specifically in the majority opinion as well what they argued there it basically came down to the fact that um they believe that since it's through a private citizen it is not in the sense that since the citizen is the one who's deciding which school mm-hmm. to send it to, it's not like the um, state the state's has, mandating. Yes, something. and well, also uh, um, discriminating against the religious schools brings up the question of the 14th Amendment. Yeah, um, and so basically you have Breyer's argument, and you also have, on the other hand, you just have parents who want to find accessible free education for their kids, and they're choosing religious education. Yes. And the argument is, shouldn't that option be available to them? And because should that's reli- part of the, their free exercise. Yeah, and should religion itself be the identifier that makes a school ineligible for tuition mm-hmm. assistance? Yeah. And, you know, we can go back and forth on this all day. Yes. But, um, <laughs> in the end, it comes down to, um, is free exercise of religion, does that take priority over keeping church and state separate? Yeah. Which is interesting. And I think that's a line that we'll see continue to Definitely. be argued across you know both yeah. sides yeah but yeah I mean I, I feel like that it's not a difficult case to understand mm-hmm. and I think it's easy to have an opinion about it um but I had to do some research before I truly like formed like my own opinions and like understood how complicated it is I think definitely mm-hmm. and I think just with when it comes to religion in general and with like once again the balance between free exercise and establishment Mm -hmm. i think it's really difficult to figure out where you draw the line in a sense yeah yeah definitely and um that's honestly all we have for you today i think yes right um definitely go listen to that oral argument if you have the time (laughs) yes a fun time and also the opinion itself is not too long as well it's only about 45 pages and um that's including the background as well so (laughs) if you have some time on your hands would definitely recommend reading through that as well but as eva said that's all we have for you guys Mm -hmm. today we will see you guys next week thank you so much perfect thank you for tuning in bye you guys